0: And so, just so you know my story, let's get into it. If you got your Bibles today, uh, the first scripture we're going to be reading from is going to be 2 uh, Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. There's going to be many verses, but like Chap always does, and I think it's great, can we stand for the reading of God's word? See, I remember this time. You said Corinthians, <laughs> what? Second Corinthians chapter four, verse four. It's going to be towards the end of your Bible, Six, 469. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse four. 11:32, you said? Page 11:32. Okay, let's read. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. You can have a seat. So it says that that there's a God, a little G, right? Not the big God, not the the creator, but there's a little God. And it says that he has blinded the minds of unbelievers. And I wanna tell you before we get started, like, dude, there is a war going on. There is a war going on that is worse than the war that's happening in Afghanistan. There is a war going on that is worse than the war that is happening with all these different countries, worse than any dictator. There is a war that has been waged from the beginning of time and it's not with rifles it's not with bombs it's not with grenades it's with mentalities from the very beginning when Adam and Eve ate that fruit from the tree there was a war for the mind of mankind and we're all born into this war And you're given this mind when you're born. The Bible describes it the mind of the world or the mind of the flesh. And so what Jesus really does, if you really want to get to the core of what Jesus is about, what he does is he gives you a new mind. Like he changes your brain. Now I don't know if anybody here is into health, but the brain, the mind, is a fascinating thing. Do you know that your brain is the most energy-consuming part of your body? The brain represents only 2% of the body weight, but it uses 20% of the body's energy. Your brain contains about one billion neurons, which is about six times the number of people on Earth. Your brain is a marvelous thing. There are anywhere from 1,000 to 10,000 synapses, which are connections between the, the, the electricity in your brain for each neuron. Your brain actually consumes 25 watts of power. Your brain consumes enough power to actually power a light bulb if you can do it. Wouldn't that be creepy, man? You guys come in here and I'm sitting in a chair and I got some wires coming out of my head, light bulbs coming on. Your brain is an unbelievable thing. It's estimated that the human brain has a raw computational power between 10 to the 13th power and 10 to the 16th power operations per second. It is far more than one million times the number of people on the earth. Now, if you're into computers, they've, they've come up with some amazing technology. You know, when I, was, when, I was, when I was growing up, dude, like old school, right? Some of you people are older than me. You got some even crazier stories. When I used to deal drugs, we had these pagers, right? You guys don't know nothing about these dumb pagers. Good Who got a pager? Throw your hand up. We thought we were gangsters, man. We had these flashy pagers, right? You'd send little messages and turn it upside down and call people customers. Who knows what I'm talking about? Come on. Keep it real. We had pagers. Now in the 21st century, dude, you have iPods, right? You have computers called iPads that is not much bigger than a piece of paper. And it has the amazing technology for you to be able to watch movies and listen to music and multitask and you know multi-op. And not only do you have that, but you you got these things called smartphones now. Some of you guys had them before you got locked up? They got taken by the police, right? The iPhone, the Blackberry. The phones now are even computers, but as amazing as that technology is, scientists say that even our best computer can come nowhere near close to the power and computation power of the human mind. The connection between the mind and the body is a strong one. One estimate is that between, now follow me with this. One estimate is that between 50 to 70% of visits to the doctor for physical ailments are attributed to psychological factors. So when the Bible talks about the things that you meditate on, like you become them, it's actually true. Even the people that don't believe in the Bible and don't believe in Jesus, scientists will tell you that your psychological state of being can actually affect your health. The average number of thoughts that humans are believed to experience in one day is 70,000 thoughts. Right? 70,000 thoughts, dude. When you're in prison, I think that number triples, right? <laughs> right, guys? You got nothing but time on your hands. Let's are playing spades all day. So we are all born with the mind of man or the mind of the flesh, as the Bible calls it. This, this mind is at war with the mind of God. We read earlier, 2 Corinthians 4, 4, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers. So if you don't know Jesus in here tonight, can I tell you that no matter how this morning, Right? I didn't get any sleep. I'm out of it, right? If you don't know Jesus in this room tonight, the Bible says that you have you are blinded. You might be able to see, but there is like a veil over your mind. And I'm not saying that to make you feel bad. I'm just telling you the truth. Some people will not tell you the truth. There's preachers that will not tell you the truth. And so I want to tell you the truth. Romans chapter 8, verse 7 says, Because the carnal mind, or this mind of the world that we're all born with, it's at enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can it be. So you can't even hear God. You can't even respond to God. You, it says that when you have this mind, it's like you're at war with God. Maybe you're in a place today and you say, you know what? I don't know if I'm ready to make that choice. You, you've actually already made a choice. Like your mind is at war with God. That's why before I knew Jesus, like people try to tell me stuff. And I didn't want to hear it. It wasn't because it wasn't true. Some of you guys, man, your mothers, your grandmothers have prayed for you. They've talked to you. You don't want to hear it. But once that moment comes and your mind is changed and your mind is renewed, it all begins to make sense. Someone once put it this way. They said, watch your thoughts for they become your words. Watch your words for they become your actions. Watch your actions for they become your habits. Watch your habits, for they become your character. And watch your character, for it becomes your destiny. In Scripture, it says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. There's power in your thoughts. There's power in what is going on in your mind. There's power in the things that you think about and the things that you come into agreement with. What do I mean by that? There's things that every day through those 70,000 thoughts, there's thoughts that enter your mind that you have a choice to either come into agreement with or to disagree. Now the reality is until you know Jesus and your your mind is renewed and you're empowered, like you really don't have much power to, t- to say no. That's how some of us ended up in here, right? I couldn't say no. The lure of the money, the lure of that street life. Like I couldn't say no. There's power and things that you come into to agreement with. Do you know that you don't have to believe everything you think? Amen. Come think on. about that. You don't have to believe everything that you think. Some of you guys, and I won't get too much into this, but you've been told from the time you were a child that you're never going to amount to anything. Some of you, you have these thoughts that come into your mind. Man, I'm going to get out next week, bro. I don't know. I don't know if I could do it. You do not have to agree with everything that you think. You actually have a choice. Romans chapter 8, verse 5 and 6 says, Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh or the world is death. But the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. So you have this mind of the world, and you have this mind of the flesh. That's why sometimes you feel like you're schizophrenic. Now I hope no one here is schizophrenic, I'm not trying to make fun of that. But have you ever felt that way? Be honest. Paul even said that, the most most spectacular apostle in the whole Bible. He says, I want to do these things, but something keeps pulling me in this direction. Have you ever felt that way? I don't believe all you guys wanted to get locked up. I believe, as a matter of fact, some of you guys didn't really enjoy the street life all that much. But you felt like there was no other way. There was this war. You felt like, hey man, this is how I got to survive. You know, my family doesn't have money. I grew up in the hood. I don't want to walk around with broke, busted up shoes. So I'm going to have to do what I have to do to get the shoes. Some of you didn't enjoy it.
1: And I'll tell you something right now. In my opinion
0: and in my experience, people that have really seen the street life, people that have really experienced it, you know, you're locked up. Let's be honest, guys. People tell war stories all day in prison. That's all some people do. They sit around the corner, they play spades, and they talk about how much of a gangster they were on the street, how no one could see them, and, you know, they were jacking, whatever, right? But the reality is the people that really lived that life, there's nothing glamorous about it. There's nothing glamorous about seeing your friends get shot. There's nothing glamorous about you losing precious time of your life being locked up. There's nothing glamorous about it. And I believe that some of you, before you even came to jail, you wanted to change. You were sick of it. But you just didn't believe in your mind that the thought wasn't even there, that there was. you didn't have to agree with what you were thinking. There's a belief system that you were born with And this belief system was formed by several different things. The mind has been programmed with natural systems of belief. These are the beliefs, thoughts, ideas, opinions, convictions, prejudices that we have concerning ourselves, others, objects, activities, God, religion, you name it, right? So from the very time you're born, your belief system is being formed. Like you are the person you are today because of your belief system. You are where you're at in life. And I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm just telling you the truth, man. You are, where you, at. you are where you're at in life because of your belief system. And for your life to change, you don't have to do all this stuff. You know what needs to happen? Your belief system has to change. How were these formed? They were formed by the way you grew up, the schools you went to, the things you were exposed to or the things you weren't exposed to. They were formed by your parents, Your educational system or lack thereof, society, books, television, music, any experience with religion. Some people have had bad experiences with church, so they think all churches are like that. Since I experienced this at that church, all churches must be like that. I was treated like this by men, so all men must be dogs, right? Have you ever heard women say this? I experienced racism by this group of people, so they all must be racist. Every time I see someone black on TV, they're committing crimes. Are they all like that? Some people believe that because the way the media portrays some of you guys. Again, I'm telling you the truth. My parents' marriage failed, so I'm doomed to have bad relationships. Everyone around me has always struggled financially or lived in the projects. I must be bound for that too. No one follows their dreams. Why can I? All white people listen to rock, (laughs) right? All black people listen to hip-hop. That's what I love about Tiger Woods, man. He completely broke the system of belief. Now, his character is a little questionable, okay? But think about it. Tiger Woods, he's considered the best golfer in the world. in In a sport that's dominated by white people. He could have sat back as a child even though he had a dream to play golf and said, you know what? That's a white man's sport. Like, I know I'm pretty good at it, but there's no way that I could do that. But there was a shift in his belief. And today he is the best golfer in the world because he refused to accept the belief system of the world. Eminem's is another perfect example. And I'm not saying this because I'm white. Look, I am a hip-hop fan, dude. I listen to everything. Like, you guys are young men. Look, I know the old school stuff up to now. Like, I know who the greats are. Don't, don't misunderstand me, okay? Tupac is my favorite still to this day. But anyways, Eminem, another perfect example. A, a, a music genre that was dominated by African Americans. He couldn't believe when he started writing rhymes that there's no way no one would ever want to listen to my music because I'm white. Right? Who was the last white rapper before him? Vanilla Ice. Oh. Right? Who was it? Lil Biscuit. That's not hip-hop, by the way. I don't know if anyone has no. ever told you that. Eminem. right? He could have believed, his belief system could have said, you know what, you're never going to do this because you're white. And again, I'm not talking about what these people stand for. I'm trying to make a point here. Jesus wants to take the belief system of this world and the things that limit you And wants to completely rip them out of your soul. Statistics. In the belief system of this world. Statistics will tell you. And maybe some of you guys experience this. Maybe they do that to you here. I don't know. They did it to me when I was in 22nd. They did it to me when I was in Tico. We would come back from cafeteria. We would come back from eating. And we would stand on a line. Right? You do the strip search. And the guards would walk down the line. And they would say, you know what? According to statistics. 20% of you are going to be dead. According to statistics, 30% of you are going to do this. According to statistics, 78% of you are going to end up back in prison. You know what Jesus does? Jesus comes in and he lights that whole thing on fire. Jesus comes in and he kicks that door down. Jesus comes in and he causes a riot. And he says, You don't have to believe this, you don't have to buy into this, you don't have to be limited by the system of this world. I know this is all you've ever experienced. I know this is all you've ever seen. And And for you, it's even hard for you to believe, some of you in this room today, it's hard for you to believe that there's more for you than what you've experienced in your past. But I can tell you from experience, dude, from experience of being on that side of the stage, when I said yes to Jesus, he gave me a new mind. He gave me a new heart. He told me that, you know what, even though your father was never there, I'm going to teach you how to be a man. Allows you to see the world completely different. The old limitations, the old belief systems and ideas are replaced with a new wonder and hope where all things are possible. I'll be honest with you, man. I met Jesus when I first got locked up and I did juvenile life. I was in here for years. And it was hard for me, even after meeting Jesus. It was, I'm just being real with you guys. It was hard for me to believe that I could go back to Cleveland, go back to my sainthood, go back to the same environment, and actually live this way. And one thing I can tell you, if you're in this room and you're a Christian, you've got to be honest with yourself. It's easy to follow God in here. It's easy to worship Jesus in here when you don't have no drugs. <laughs> Maybe some of you do. <laughs> <All> right? still Okay. <honestly. laughs> What I'm saying, though, it was hard for me to believe that. But the more and more, and let me tell you something, man. We're, that is the power of this book. You know what the power of the Bible is? This is more than just mere stories. This is more than just a religious book. There's a lot of religious books out there. This book has the ability to change your belief system. The book of James puts it this way, that when you open this book, it's kind of like you're looking in a mirror. And that mirror shows two things. It shows you things about yourself you don't want to see. It shows you things about yourself you need to change. But do you know what else that mirror shows you? That mirror shows you who you can be. That mirror shows you that even though you may have had a past, and even though you may have been in and out of prison, even though you may have had broken families and always lived in poverty and always struggled, and you have this dream, and, and, and something within you tells you that, that, that there's no way I could accomplish it, this book tells you that with men, it may be impossible, but with God, all things are possible. I told you guys last time I was in here, you can never say... Follow me. You can never say God never sent someone to you after today that doesn't know what you've been through and hasn't changed. You can never say it's not possible for me. I never thought I would do the stuff I'm doing now. I've recorded several albums. I've traveled all over the world. I'm not saying that to brag to you. I'm not saying that to make make myself uh, some big rap star. Like I'm not. But I've been able to do amazing things. Because I've changed my belief system. Jesus was a Jewish rabbi, the son of God. He came from a very distinct culture. In Jewish culture, for Jews, the highest form of worship is study of God's word. Now, for most people in America, their highest form of worship is like people playing music and like, you ever see that, right? And I'm not saying that's not worship, but for us in America, that's the highest form of worship. But the problem is, people do that all the time, but their lives are never changed. How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? They go to church, they worship the Lord, they raise their hands, they sing the song, but their belief system, their mentality is never changed. There's a reason why in Jewish culture, study of the word is the highest form of worship. Yes, we should worship God with music. Yes, we should worship God, as, as Psalm says, with banging cymbals, right? With hip-hop beats, right? Yes, we should worship God that way. But the highest form of worship for you is the study of God's word. Because what it does is it gives you the mind of Christ. It changes the way that you see the world. It changes the way that you see people. It changes the mentality that you have that is imprisoned to you. Hebrews chapter 8 verse 10 says, this is the covenant I will establish with the people of Israel after that time. This is what God has for you. This is what God offers you. I will put my laws in their minds and write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. God's saying that when people find me, when people truly experience me, like they're not just going to go to church and have an emotional experience. The way that they think and act is going to actually change. That's why, and I'll tell you right now, prison sucks, man. It sucks being locked up. I know how it feels. The fact that you guys are going to be in here December 25th on Christmas and not out. It breaks my heart because I know that feeling. I spent five Christmases locked up. I know that feeling. Their belief systems will change. The way they view the world will change. The way they feel about themselves and the people around them will change. See, this is the thing, man. Whether you believe in it or not, like, there is an enemy of your soul. Can I just tell you that? Like, there is an enemy that no no gun can shoot, like, the police can't arrest, like, there is an enemy of your soul, and there's this war going on for your mind. But you know what this enemy's only tool is? It's lies. He is the father of lies. And if he can get you to believe a lie about yourself, If he can get you to believe a lie about the people around you, if he can get you to believe a lie about the world, then he has you. His goal is to convince you to believe a lie about yourself. The devil is the father of lies and his power is in the lie. The devil is the father of lies and the power that he has is in the lie. He has no other power. It says that when Jesus was crucified, he was stripped. He disarmed the powers of darkness. No matter how intimidating or evil or scary we think things are, like the devil and the kingdom of darkness has no power over Jesus. It has been disarmed. The only power that he has is in lies. That's why this, this time, man, this time is so precious. What do you mean, I'm locked up? You don't know change my life? I'll just be honest with you. What changed my life? Like it was me saying yes to Jesus. But what changed my life, and the reason why, thirteen years later I still haven't been locked up? You don't know change my life. It wasn't me just coming to chapel and raising my hands during songs. That's important. You should do that. It's that I realized what the highest form of worship was. It was study. So I spent four years, four and a half years, locked up, studying the Word of God, studying this mirror and this mirror. The more I studied it, the more it showed me about myself, the more it showed me things that I should be that I wasn't, and the more it showed me these, um, these possibilities of who I could be. The most valuable thing you could do in your time locked up is to get in that book, man. man come on. Mm. And so, so some of you, you may have tried to read the Bible. It doesn't make sense. You don't understand it. Keep reading God will see your heart, and what will begin to happen, I can tell you from experience with no church background. The more I began to read that book, the more that book started to freak me out. i be honest. It says that the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. It's alive, it's active, it's breathing, it's expanding. And the more I began to read that book, the more it started to freak me out. It started to talk to me. I started feeling like somebody was in the room, right? If you're open to it, like God will speak to you. And the, and the highest way that He speaks to you, sometimes it's through other people, sometimes it's through conversations, sometimes it may be through a hip hop song. But the highest way He speaks to you is through that word. That's the highest form of worship. You can be more today than you were yesterday. Jesus wants to take the heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh. What did I say earlier? The average thought of a human being throughout the day is 70,000 thoughts. There's a verse that says that we take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And when you say yes to Jesus, you receive the authority to say no to those thoughts. You receive the authority, just like if you're going through the airport and they do that little thing, right? When we come in here, they, we go through the metal detector. You know, what God, you know what God's presence does? It's like this metal detector over your mind. And when you say yes to Jesus, you receive this authority to say yes or no to any one of those 70,000 thoughts or if you're locked up, three million thoughts a day. You receive the authority to say yes or no You don't have to believe everything you think. There are permissible items in here. All this over here, you're never going to amount to nothing. This isn't welcome. Not permissible on this flight. Right? You have the authority as a believer. Can I tell you that? If you know Jesus in this room, you don't have to believe the lie that you're going to get out and go back to that life. If you know Jesus in this room, you don't have to believe the lie that you're bound to your neighborhood. There's people that I grew up in the hood with, man. They have never seen another neighborhood. It's funny, but it's true. There's people that I know in Cleveland that have never even seen Lake Erie. All they know is the projects. There's people that all they've ever known is check cashing. Places. Payday advances. Come on, this, is, this, is a, this, is a, this gospel is a threat to the systems of the world. There's people, I know all they've ever experienced is being unhealthy, having diabetes, having sickness and disease. There's a system of the world that wants to affect the way that you think. It wants to affect what you eat. It wants to affect the way that your body functions. It wants to keep you in poverty. It wants to keep you enslaved. It wants to keep you ignorant and uneducated. There's a system of this world that is not permissible on my flight. You have to begin to take power and authority over your thoughts. Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 and 9 says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, these are what's permissible on this flight. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. That's the mind of Christ.
1: Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in
0: me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. You know what the mind of Jesus gives you? It gives you peace. Even after everything I've done in the streets, man, I can walk through, through my old hood, no fear. It gives you peace. I can sleep at night. I can sleep at night knowing even if someone was to kick in my door, I'd be alright. Gives you peace. Peace of God. There's Christians out there, they don't have the peace of God. Because they haven't learned the highest form of worship. And finally, I'll end with this 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 3. Nathan replied to the king, whatever you have in mind, go ahead and do it. For the Lord is with you. And I want to I tell you, based on the authority of God's word. When you receive the mind of Jesus, when you receive the mind of Christ, when you say no to that mind of the world, when you renounce that mind of the world, that when you come into Jesus and you come to know the person and not the religion of Jesus, whatever you have in mind, whatever he's put inside of you, go ahead and do it for the Lord will be with you. I had a dream when I was locked up. I had a dream to do hip-hop music. I had a dream to travel. I had a dream to one day come back into this prison. Whatever you have in mind, do it. For the Lord is with you. You can walk this life alone. Or you can walk it with your creator. You were designed for relationship. You were designed to know him. And for him to know you. So I'm going to close with this. And I'm just going to ask you to close your eyes, bow your head. We're going to get a little traditional here. Sometimes, what you believe in your mind has to line up with the way your body responds. There's something about that mind-body connection. So, right where you're at, maybe you've been wandering through this life. Maybe you've, something we said today spoke to you. Maybe you're ready to say yes to the person of Jesus I just want to give you the opportunity to receive a brain transplant. I want to give you the opportunity to receive a mind transplant. And what's going to happen is you're going to stand up if that's you and that's where you're at. You're going to stand up right where you're at. And we're going to pray and when you say yes to Jesus, it says that he's going to begin this process of transforming your mind. And when your mind is transformed, your heart is going to be transformed. And when your heart is transformed, your, 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 your will is going to be transformed, and your emotions and the way that you view the world, the way that you see the world, and your belief systems are going to change. And God's going to do some amazing things in your life that you never thought were possible.
1: But it starts with the response of saying,
0: Yes, I need you, Jesus. So if that's you, I just want you to stand up where you're at. You don't have to believe the lie. You don't have to spend your life wandering. Come on, there's somebody else. You don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to know the Bible. You don't have to fix yourself first. Some of you guys have bought into the lie that God could never forgive me because if he if he really saw what I, hey, if you really knew what I did, did man, if you really knew the things that I've done in my life, God would never accept me. It's a lie. That's the system of the world. The grace of God is scandalous. He accepts anybody. If that's you, if that's you, God's speaking to you. Come on, don't be distracted. If that's you, I want you to stand up where you're at. You say yes to Jesus. The Bible says that anyone that calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And so just like I did that day in that prison cell, what you're doing with your head bowed and your eyes closed is you're calling on the name of the Lord. Calling on the name of the Lord. So if that's you and you want to say yes, Jesus, I want you to raise your hands where you're at. Raising your hands like being arrested or pursued by the police is a sign of surrender. No longer am I going to run, no longer am I going to live my life my way. I surrender to you, Jesus. And as I surrender, I acknowledge that I have sinned, I have rebelled, I have bought into the old order. I've bit the fruit, I've tasted it and seen that it was good and it was poison. And I acknowledge that sin is poison. My decisions were poison. The way of the world, the system, the mind of the world is poison. And I renounce it and I reject it right now. Forgive me, Lord Jesus. Forgive me for my decisions. Forgive me for partaking of the fruit me of my rebellion against you, even more than the law. It's so much bigger than the law in prison and being arrested and having a record. I've rebelled against you, and so I ask for your forgiveness, and I thank you, Lord, that you forgive anyone. There is nothing too bad that you cannot forgive. You forgive child molesters. You forgive rapists. You forgive murderers, as disturbing as that may be to some people. You even forgive religious people. You even forgive hypocrites. And so, Lord, we embrace your forgiveness. We embrace the cross. I thank you that the sinless Lamb of God, the Son of God, the Mashiach, the Messiah, Yeshua, came and died and shed his blood for us. That while we were guilty and he was innocent, he took the cross, he took the nails, so that we could be free. We believe that you died 2,000 years ago. That you shed your blood on the cross for our sins and for the veil, for the wall of separation to be torn out. I pray, God, that you would tear down that wall of separation between every single one of these young men standing. I pray that that wall would be destroyed. There would be nothing but rubble and dust. And I thank you that when they go back to their cells, when they go back to their life, that they're going to hear your voice. They're going to feel your presence. They're going to feel your freedom. Their thoughts and their minds are going to change. God, I thank you that not only did you die, but you resurrected. And you resurrected so that we can have new life. So that we can be raised from the ways of death to life. We receive your resurrection. We receive your healing. We receive your salvation. I thank you that the kingdom of God is now unleashed in the lives of these young men. I pray that the kingdom, the mind of Christ will be unleashed in their lives. I thank you that standing before me are world changers. Standing before me are peoples whose voices and whose lives are going to spread like cancer throughout the world. They're going to change millions and millions of lives that through their stories, testimonies and words, people's lives are going to be changed, their families, their friends, their